Hello, everybody. This is Curtis from the Three Angry Nerds Podcast, letting you know that we're sponsored by YouTube Music. You may be using Spotify. You may be using other music streaming services, but guess what? They're not as good as YouTube Music, and I'll tell you why. YouTube Music allows you to switch between listening to the music and watching the music video for that song seamlessly. You literally just flip a switch, and you can start watching the video. It's really cool. I was doing this the other day. I was listening to Thriller by Michael Jackson, and I thought, you know what? I want to watch the music video. It's a classic music video i want to watch it flip the switch watch the video when i was done with that song i flipped the switch back to audio only and i was listening to just the music that's how great youtube music is it's got all the great features that you expect from a music streaming service such as the ability to download music for offline play you can play it in the background uh you can actually have it where it doesn't shuffle the music like spotify does in the free version of spotify which i hate because spotify will just shuffle the music and then you can just lose track of where you are youtube music doesn't do that and here's the thing normally costs you 9.99 a month for three angry nerds listeners you get a special offer of three months for 99 cents that's like less than a cup of coffee you can try this service out it's great there's a lot to, uh, for it to offer you as a music listener and like i said you can just seamlessly switch between the music and the videos checking them out as you please i think it's great you're gonna think it's great check it out with that said Let's get on with the show. There was an idea. Dark Mode. Called the The idea was to bring together a group of physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish, stupid people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when they needed them to, like the Valley of Night. From Vancouver, British Columbia, this is the Three Angry Nerds Podcast with your host, Curtis. And now he's begging you to shut the fuck up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Eatin' Toast, Ethan. How's it going, Ethan? I'm all right. It's a lovely morning. We're post-Endgame men, and yep. I've been shaken, I've been rattled, and I've been rolled. Let's jump right into it. Yes, let's. Can you imagine if, like, we like both us and Disney have been hyping up Endgame this entire time, and then we're like, let's just talk about the su- or Suicide Squad, not even the Suicide Squad. Let's talk about the original Suicide Squad this entire time. <laughs> People would just be so pissed. Like, what the fuck? Oh man. Yeah, but yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, there's like gonna that. be a, a lot of Endgame talk. Squad podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's when people like mass unsubscribe. They're like, fuck this. Uh, also with us is the amazing Lee. How's it going, Lee? It's going good. Uh, let's let's go get this. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was a thing that was said in Endgame. Yes. Uh, speaking of Endgame, uh-huh. Kevin Feige confirms it's not the end of Phase Three, but rather Spider-Man: Far From Home is going to be the last movie of Phase Three. So, bit of a bit of a uh, twist okay. there. Yeah. What do you? Sure. What, yeah. I guess. 
I guess it doesn't bother me too much that this is the case because it's like I feel like you could probably have a bit more of a segue from Endgame into what happens with the rest of the Marvel universe, so makes sense. But I guess I was I was thinking like, oh well, if you were to end Phase Three on Endgame, that would have been a pretty definitive like, yes, this is the end of this phase or whatever. So, uh-huh. well, it's in the same vein as ant-man now because ant-man finished phase two right yeah i guess so right yeah Mm. yeah so tense can you imagine like weird can you imagine like being like working for marvel and like you watch endgame and you have to like rewrite all your movies just because of what they do in that movie like just being like oh shit oh i gotta rewrite this movie now like i I imagine there's way more everything's out the window yeah, I imagine there's way more foresight than that, but I just always want to imagine that they just aren't planning it that well. And so every time, like, they're watching it, they're just like, fuck, we gotta re-rate Spider-Man now, now that we gotta <laughs> include all, like, let's take out all of uh, X person's number of scenes or whatever, like, you know. Um, yeah, so, it's, it's good. Ending, ending uh, phase three, I guess, in July. That's when Far From Home comes out, so... So all these losers making graphics and artwork saying that phase three is over. It's not over yet. Yeah. Get a hold of yourself. It ain't over till it's over. Exactly. I can keep doing this all day. We're in the end game now. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that it feels kind of weird with Spider. Like, I mean, I know that this gets because the movie comes out later in the year, but like, it feels kind of weird. It feels like almost like an Ant-Man and the Wasp type thing where it's like we had Infinity War and then we have like, Ammon and the Wasp, which was mediocre. Yeah. Finish with Endgame. That was that was a good finish. I'm they very can't all be end games. I have a very dumb logical question about Spider-Man Far From Home now. It's not a spoiler to say that Endgame has a pretty massive time jump. I won't say more than that, but like I'm kind of curious how that's gonna factor into Spider-Man Far From Home. Like that's mm-hmm. that's my major question going yeah. into it, is like how do you handle that? And if you've seen Endgame, well, you know everyone, exactly. Yeah, everyone was questioning Peter Parker's um, passport in the trailer. So that's probably the biggest oh. <laughs> giveaway like, or hint that there's time stuff happening. It's like, sir, your passport's been expired now for like five years. Like, what? Yeah. Um, cool. Let's talk about Bond 25. They had a very... I'd say weird reveal about the movie um, because everyone expected them to reveal the name of the movie, but they didn't really. They just revealed the full cast as well as a short little synopsis on the film. So weird. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of people are also forgetting that like the producers of this movie are like notoriously secretive, even during Spectre when everyone knew that, uh, Christoph Waltz was playing Blofeld, they would, like, not confirm it, even though everyone's like, so he's Blofeld, yeah. but, like, no, 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 he's not Blofeld. It's like, like, dude, just tell him it is. Like, it's not, like, mm. that big of a secret. Like, people knew. But they're always notoriously secretive, to the point where it's almost, like, pain-inducing, because you're like, please, like, we're not that stupid. Um, but I, let, let's, let's talk about Bond 25. So they confirmed some filming locations, uh, Jamaica, which is actually really cool because that's where Dr. No was filmed. And I think they did. Cool. There was the Roger Moore one. I th- it also filmed there, but I forget the name of it. But it's the one where 
the love interest for him in that movie is like a really young African-American woman and it makes no sense because like they're so far apart on the spectrum of like what who would be attracted to whom but um, Norway, London, and Italy. So that's some pretty cool locations for a Bond movie. I guess London makes a whole lot of yeah. sense. James Bond and all that. So. Yeah, London. So, are you guys are you guys even big Bond fans? I don't know if I've even asked you this. I think you have. Uh, no, I could go for a bonding. I like I like some good bondage every once in a while. <laughs> to the movie strap yourself in you're like please mr bond have your way with me i expect you to fuck me mr bond <laughs> oh wow well the theater usher is like please sir can you stop i'm not paid enough to <laughs> sir, do this it. A, sir this please, is a check please, please sir how do i <laughs> how do i unstrap you <laughs> sir these these seats are for viewing movies only not for what you're trying to do uh but yeah, uh, so some cast additions, like pretty much, well, there's a lot of people returning, uh, but we'll go through the, the newcomers first. So the big one is Rami Malek. He's confirmed to be uh, joining the cast. I think he's all but confirmed to be playing the villain. They didn't outright spell out if he was the villain, but when he did the little video, he was like, all like, oh, I'm very jealous of Mr. Bond and all this. I'm like, oh, he's, he's like definitely a villain. Uh, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rami Malek, is that you on the other end? You sound just like him. I know, right? I'll just start singing some Queen songs and yeah, we'll, we'll just sell that package. Say, I was going to say, I, what, I, I think it's just Freddie Mercury that's just going to be in Bond 25 as a cameo. Wouldn't that be great? What if he just kept his teeth from that movie I, and his whole gimmick in, in this is Bond villain is he has those teeth. Ew. <laughs> It's, well, are there any Bond villains with like gross teeth? That was a. Uh, You're literally spelling out uh, the one from uh, Skyfall. The yeah, the, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. He he, the weird teeth. Skyfall was a very good Bond movie. It's probably my favorite of the Craig era ones by by a long yeah. shot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Rami Malek. I'm gonna rattle off who I think these people are playing to. Uh, at least my educated guess. Uh, so yeah, Rami Malek, I'm guessing he's probably a villain. Uh, Billy Magnusson, uh, he is uh, confirmed for the movie. We don't know who he's playing, but I'm going to guess, based on the synopsis for this movie, that he's probably like a, a CIA traitor, is my guess. Because he is an American, wow. so I'm thinking probably CIA, probably a traitor. Um, David Dennis Densick, uh, probably, probably just like... Uh, a henchman uh anna de armis i'm gonna guess if rami malik's the villain she's like the villain's girlfriend mm. uh i hope sh- she's a she's a hologram here because oh boy why just because that was the the tw- later runner 2049 oh she's, was she, is she was she in that yeah she was the awesome hologram girlfriends oh, oh she was joy Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I love how, like, everyone treats, like, Blade Runner 2049 with such reverence, and I'm, like, the one person on this earth who's like, oh, yeah, I guess I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lashana Lynch, who, uh, she was in Captain Marvel, and, uh, I think she's probably gonna be working as, like, because if this takes place in Jamaica, I'm gonna guess, like, she's probably, like, an informant for Bond, 
and uh, MI6 in Jamaica. That's my guess. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Dali Ben Salah. I'm also going to guess it's probably just a henchman. Uh, and then confirmed or confirmed to be returning is Leah Seydoux. Uh, she was Bond's girlfriend in uh, Spectre. I'm going to take a wild guess and say she probably doesn't last very long in this movie. Bond's girlfriends typically don't have a long mm. life expectancy. So um, Jeffrey Wright, who uh, played Felix Letter in the, both Casino Royale and the terrible Quantum of Solace, he's returning. Uh, Naomi Harris. Terrible. Uh, wait. I thought Quantum of Solace was all right. Really? I think this might be a culture court episode. <laughs> it's it's been a while to be honest, but I remember liking it. May we'll throw it in the culture court. I think this may be a fairly good culture court because I could like take that movie to to task every day of the week. Alrighty. Um, uh, Naomi Harris. Uh, she's coming back. She played Money Penny in uh Skyfall. I don't think she was Inspector, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Ben Wishaw, who played Q. Uh, and then Rory Keener and Ralph Fiennes, they're all returning. They were playing, uh, I forget the name of Rory Keener's character, but he was like an ally of Bond. And then Ralph Fiennes was playing uh, M in the movie. So, um, Okay, so... Yeah, uh, what do you guys think of this cast before we get into the synopsis? It's just... oh, that's some, some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Some talent there. I like uh, the Rami Maliks and the Anna de Armas. I'm all for it. As long as they don't waste them like a Spectre did. What do you think, like, Rom? Because, like, every Bond villain's got, like, some kind of, like, physical abnormality or something that's a little off about them. Like, um, uh, Casino Royale's bad guy had, like, the bleeding eye and, like... In Skyfall, he had, like, the weird teeth that when he took out his mouth, like, all got, like, all fucked up. So what do you think, like, Rami Malek's, like, deformity will be? Mm. I'm going to go with a uh, wheelchair. Yeah? Yeah, and then Bond just, like, is not going to know how to fight this guy, because how do you fight a guy in a wheelchair? Or he's blind. I'm going to... Mm. I'm gonna guess this is gonna, this this is so dumb that if it happens, I'm gonna cheer in the theater. I'm gonna guess that like he somehow has some computer integration in his brain and he can like control computers with his brain. That's cool. not really a disability though. No, but like it would just look like super fucked up. Like he would have like a mm-hmm. wig, but then when he takes it off, you just see like computer parts all going through his brain. It would look like some kind of like body horror shit. <laughs> but then like you would make fun of him, but then he would like you know, cause some, like, laser grid to turn on or something like that. So, that's my guess. Because they did say that the villain would have some kind of, like, technical capabilities, so he would be, like, almost like a hacker or something like that, so. Which I love how, like... a hacker. I love how, in, like, every new Bond movie, they're like, what's something that the old people are fearful of? Technology. (laughs) What's going to scare the old people on a Bond movie? Let's just tell them that the hackers are out to get them. But anyways. I, I like That's the case. Is the Rami Malek's going to have like a man bun and he's going to eat avocado toast. Ooh. That Damn it. Cool. And he's going to be homeless and living with his parents. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he's going to be like, so Mr. Bond, how do you enjoy my, you know, safe space or whatever? I don't know. He would be like, let me tell you about 20 life hacks on how to improve your life. Uh, he's gonna write for uh, fuck, 
and BuzzFeed. He's going to be an Instagram. So he takes over the world. <laughs> He'll be an Instagram influencer. Uh, but anyways, we were just speculating, but at least they're the actual... This is the short plot synopsis. So Bond's piece is short-lived. Uh, this is why I'm also thinking when he says that Bond's piece is short-lived, that to lay as they do is not long for this world. When his own fed friend... Felix Leader uh, from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. So, mm -hmm. it sounds pretty much like a Bond movie. Being the rest. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm excited. What, uh, what old Bond movie do you think they're going to try to reference or do because because uh specter was trying to be what were they referencing with blowfield uh um, like blowfield kind of came in like sort of blowfield's kind of weird because he kind of came in, in in the weirdest movie he came into the one where it wasn't connery or roger moore it was the guy that was bond for like one movie let's see list okay. i love that guy Oh, the, the Roger Moore. There, he was in a few of the Roger Moore ones as well. Um, oh, I wanted actors, not movies. Let's see. It wasn't a view to kill. Uh, George Lazenby. That's it. So there was the the on Her Majesty's Secret Service is the first one that Blofeld shows up in, and then funny enough, Lazenby left, and then Connery came back. But it was kind of weird, even though they were all both different actors. They both treated it like they had, this is like their other time meeting each other. So, mm. um, yeah. And George, George, the funny thing with Honor Majesty's Secret Services, it's actually a pretty great movie, except for the fact that it's got the worst Bond in it, like by a long shot. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, I, I'm a I'm a pretty big Bond fan, so I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, and I think it's sounding like this is going to be the last movie for um, Daniel Craig as Bond, which it's probably good. Just, just put him out of his, his $10 million misery that he's going to get paid. Well, it's funny, too, because you would think that, like... You, like we take for granted that like with marvel like they just are consistently making great movies but the funny thing with bond is like usually bond actors have like one great movie and then just like, a bunch of mediocre to bad movies like probably like yeah. pierce brosnan's best bond movie was probably golden eye and then like the rest were trash like sean connery had like some and good who, ones sean connery had and who's had the most consistent good bond movies Hmm. I'd say Sean Connery, although like he started to fall asleep near the end of his tenure, where he was just phoning it in, <laughs> and like you get to the one where he like puts on like Asian face, that was just terrible. And Whoa. then his last movie as Bond wasn't even in that in the canon of Bond; it was made by some separate producer, and he's like overweight and old and doesn't give a shit anymore. Um, yeah. Roger, Roger Moore was pretty consistent, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking at like the, the film list right now. It's insane because we always think like when we think James Bond, like especially the old Bonds, we always think of Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Like he had more movies than he did. Yeah, I think the one with the most was Roger Moore. I think. It's so weird to me. Yeah, 
I think it's a generational thing too. Like most people growing up now, like I'm going to take a wild guess and say most of the people who listen to this podcast are probably Craig fans because they probably grew up in that era of Craig. A lot of people are Brosnan fans. Mm. I really hate James Bo- or Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. I just I think he's the worst James Bond. Just oh. for, yeah, by a long shot. But there's a lot of James Bond movies too. So, mm. but anyways, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens mm. with Bond Twenty Five. Uh, I'm kind of conf- curious what they're going to call it at the end of the day. I was hoping they would give a title reveal, but no. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's definitely not like James Bond, but I don't know. Maybe it's equally as exciting is Fast and the Furious 9. Vin Diesel confirms that John Cena is joining the cast. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're really in it now, John Cena. <laughs> I love how they're like. What beefcake actors can we put in this movie? And then now they're just like, well, I guess John Cena's left. Like, I but, need more beef. Put more beef in this movie. It needs to be as beefy as possible. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll, we'll never officially jump Eric when they get Hulk Hogan into it. <laughs> wow. That would be a way to do it. Uh, just get like the guy that played um, the mountain in Game of Thrones in there. The dude was He's actually good. <laughs> he would be great. You just put him in as like a henchman. He would just fuck like everyone up. He would be the best henchman you could have in a movie because he would just like smash people's skulls in and just be like done. But yeah, good good on you, Vin Diesel and uh, and uh, Fast and the Furious guys for getting John Cena. It makes sense too because uh, Fast and the Furious is with Universal, and John Cena has a pretty good relationship with Universal. He's made a lot of movies with them, so That's I think it makes right. sense. So mm-hmm. I think that probably factors in a little bit. So what's the the big what's the big set piece for Fast and Furious Nine? What's 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 base? Yeah, I was gonna I say mean, like what everyone's saying. That or like they're gonna have like cars that can drill into Earth, and they're gonna go like underground. And they're gonna like have to go to like the center of the earth to like stop a nuclear bomb or some shit like that. Like it'll be so fucking That's stupid. Awesome. Yeah. Like, the car there's... actually. I, I think this one is the cars are gonna turn into boats, and then they're gonna have a boat race. Mm. Like. Yeah. I I feel like there's no way any of us can like lower our IQ levels low enough to predict what would happen in this movie. Like you have to be just a so uniquely brand of stupid to like make this movie. But I also equally love it too. Like I'm like, who the fuck came up with this? But I admire you still, nonetheless. Um. Next up, James Wan. He's producing a new adaptation of Stephen King's Salem's Lot for New Line. So this is pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, we're getting so much um, Stephen King stuff nowadays that I feel like we're gonna reach a point where it just gets a little little bit much but uh Salem's Lot was a TV mini series that came out in 1979 uh so have you guys ever seen that at all I have not heard of this okay unfortunate yeah so it's about a writer who comes back to his hometown and he finds out that everyone's turning into vampires so it's kind of like a little bit of a haunted house movie but also kind of like a bit of a vampire movie as well so i think it'd be cool i want to see some I, vampires I, I just um for my school newspaper i just wrote an article about stephen king movies and this news comes out right after 
I submitted it. So, damn. I'm late on it. Stephen King movies, they are happening faster. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, I think he's he's got some good stuff. Uh, I think something like Salem's Lot, too, like, it's good, but it's also, like, I could see how somebody could probably spruce it up a little bit. So. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about some trailers. We've got two trailers to talk about this week. One is the Gemini Man trailer. Did you guys see this trailer? <laughs> I did, yeah. It was I saw it in the um in the theater waiting for Endgame. And I enjoyed one of those movies a lot more, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I'm not overly excited for this movie, gotta say. Like I I guess the whole idea of, like, young Will Smith fighting old Will Smith just did nothing for me. Like, I was just like, oh. There's there's some there's some cool action in there. Hell of a the stunts look pretty cool. Some of the fight scenes look all right. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know where they're going to go with the story on this one. Because we already know the, 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 the crux of the movie is that they're fighting each other. Yeah. The same person. So... Where else are they going to go with it? Come on, Ang Lee, director of the Incredible Hulk movie, and no other movie ever. I thought he did. Life of Pi. I thought he did Face Off, which I was thinking of. Oh, I did he Face Off? No, that, sorry, that was that was John Woo. But I thought that might have been it. Don't Ang get, Lee. don't get my hopes up. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it looks okay. I'm like, eh, I, I, I. I know a lot of people are getting excited or excited for it, but I'm just like I'm not really all that into this. Like, why why Gemini Man? Is it because Gemini's are two faced? I guess Gemini is like the twin, like sign. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about astrology. Tell me, tell me about Angley. DM me. Yeah, Angley, what's your idea here? But I love how he's like been an Oscar-winning director the last couple years, and now he's just like I'm just gonna make a terrible action movie. Couple years. Yeah, he did like. Didn't he just do Life of Pi? I think he did something else. No, I'm not I don't know. Let's see if he let's see if he holds it up with with Gemini Man. I have my doubts, but I know like when I watched it in the theater, there was a lot of people who were excited for it. They were like, "Wow, this looks so cool!" And I'm like, "Ah, does it really?" Why did Crouching Tiger, <laughs> Hidden Dragon? So that's a, that's a, that was okay. a good movie. Uh, Wasn't that in two thousand? Yeah, let's see. Oh, <laughs> Life of Pi, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, whatever the hell that is. Brokeback Mountain. That was a... Yeah. Oh, Brokeback Mountain, yeah. Let's talk about a trailer that's arguably way more exciting. That's the Godzilla King of Monsters final trailer. Um, I'm so excited. I can't wait. The Monsterverse is at an all-time high right now. I'm mainly excited for this because of the director, Michael Doherty, who did trick-or-treat he also did krampus he's a pretty well a little underrated in terms of like horror directors but he's so good like every one of his movies is sorry what did he direct uh what did he direct horror wise he's done trick-or-treat which was like a very underrated but has become like a pretty big uh cult classic in the last few years horror movie um you've probably heard of trick-or-treat i'd imagine if you have I haven't seen it. If not, go watch it. It's amazing. And then he also did Krampus a couple year, a few years back. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah, and you can definitely see like the horror influence in this movie. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I, I think this movie will definitely be up there in my top of the year list. Like I'm just anticipating that it will be because I'm, I just love the director. I love what he's doing with this. It looks so fantastic. Like, I'm really excited. I just want monster, big monster fight. That's all I want. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they said, like, the big theme of this movie is, like, reclaiming the Earth or healing the Earth or something like that. Like, it kind of, like, I was getting vibes of that where it's, like, Uh like, you know, Earth or, like, humans have kind of, like, taken over Earth. But, like, these monsters are just trying to take it back. We're we're encroaching on their space, really. So, I like that theme. I like that idea. And I'm sure this movie will be fantastic. So. I, I, I love the idea of Godzilla working with the United States military to fight the larger threats. <laughs> God, the shot of him with the fighter jets gets me rock hard every time. Oh, yeah. And, like, okay, I'm going to make a bit of an admission here about Godzilla, the last one that came out. Kind of a garbage movie. It's only really great at the end when you get, like, him fighting uh, the other kaijus or whatever. And I feel like this will be more consistent where it's like, I'm hoping that like just throughout it's solid action. Cause that was my main complaint with the last one was just like literally yeah. the last 20, 30 minutes are the only little bit of that movie that you need to care about. But yeah. Lee, did you watch Godzilla, the King of Monsters final trailer? I I actually really liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For pretty much all the reasons you guys said, there's nothing else for me to really say. <laughs> but yeah, if you if you're sort of like, hey, what what is this guy done aside from this? Go watch Trick or Treat and Krampus, because I'll give you an idea of like what this movie will be like. I feel so cool. Uh, well, that's it for news this week. There really wasn't that much for news. Most people were like, <laughs> Endgame, you've got the week. We're gonna just step aside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I'm gonna let's review some movies. Uh, really, the only other movies that dare take on Endgame at the box office. Well, actually, Detective Pikachu is out in a little while, but yeah, let's talk about Detective Pikachu. So, Pokemon colon Detective Pikachu is uh, a movie uh, about a young boy who goes searching for his father, and through the help of Detective Pikachu, does he find out the truth of what's happened to his father? And meanwhile, he goes through this world that is inhabited by Pokemon, and it's just fucking fantastic because we're talking like you're just going through and you're just thinking like, what 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 kind of stuff will he be finding when he's looking for these Pokemon or looking for his dad? And you just see like a fucking Machamp just carrying some bricks around. You see uh, like a fire Pokemon like roasting some meats on a grill. And you're just like, this is a world that's inhabited by Pokemon. And I think that was, like, the biggest strength of this movie is, like, its universe building. Like, I got that impression, like, no, this is a really, like, well-made movie about just this, like, world that's inhabited by Pokemon. And as the plot progresses, like, it's kind of a little predictable and kind of a little bit paint-by-numbers. But I think what works about it is the world building and also the performances by uh, Justice Smith as well as Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu. Um, Yeah, it's just a really well done movie. I won't spoil too much, but there's definitely a lot of Easter eggs for Pokemon fans. So if you keep your eyes open, you'll see a lot of Pokemon that you recognize. Uh, 
and the plot definitely gets a little bit more into like legendary pokemon who if you know your games you know those are like pretty powerful pokemon so it gets really really crazy really quickly uh but i loved it um i'm gonna give detective pikachu a solid nine out of ten uncle joey's nice yeah it's really dumb really good um i won't spoil too much because you could easily spoil someone on this movie especially with like the the pokemon that show up like i would say like try to avoid spoilers for this if you're a pokemon fan not so much from the plot but more so like the pokemon that show up because I, I think it's more of like if you're a fan it'll be a genuine surprise to see the pokemon show up on screen and be like oh shit that pokemon's in this so try to avoid that if you can uh yeah. Amazing Grace, I won't say too much about this because it's really not much you can say about this. It's basically uh, a concert mixed with a documentary about Aretha Franklin. Uh, so you get like this, oh, like, this one. yeah, you get to see like a little bit of her performance. And then uh, also as well, there's like a little bit of excerpts from her and people around her. It's really well done. Uh, it's not really much you can say about it, but I'll give it a solid 9 out of 10 as well. Really good. All right, let's take a break, and then we're going to come back and do Nerds on the Throne, and then also do, like, a spoiler cast for Endgame. So we'll come back and do that in a sec here. Hello, listeners. This episode is brought to you by Netflix and ShakerandSpoon.com. While you're watching Netflix, why don't you create yourself a quality craft cocktail with ShakerandSpoon.com? How easy is it? It's as easy as this. You get the quality ingredients from shakerspoon.com. You supply your own alcohol, and then what you can do is you can start making your own craft cocktails. It's as easy as that. And here's the thing. Shakerspoon.com, when you're creating these cocktails, it really makes you look like a top-class bartender, even if you've never created a cocktail in your entire life, because they provide everything for you, including the recipe to create the quality craft cocktails. So the next time you're loading up Netflix, maybe you're watching Queer Eye, maybe you're watching a movie, I don't know. You can do what you want on Netflix. That's the great thing about Netflix. It's all about flexibility, is that you can create your cocktail with shakerandspoon.com, watch your movie or show of choice, and you can just enjoy life the best way you can. All right. With that said, on with the show. All right. Welcome back. That's our intro music for our newest segment, Nerds on the Throne. Uh, yeah. So, wait, by the way, Ethan, did you watch the latest episode of Game of Thrones? Uh. Uh, I have a fun fact for you guys. I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones in my entire life. Whoa. I get it, though. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> I get it, though. Not everyone likes the Game of Thrones, right? So, um, yeah. I still have, uh, I can still throw in my predictions, because why not? I'm sure that'll be funny, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you haven't seen it. I'm in shock right now. I'm in, I'm in a lot of shock. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm going to use the very limited knowledge I have from third-party sources to guess on what's happening. Okay. I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> so let's just get my dumb prediction out of the way. Okay, so well, let's, let's go through the, fir- the episode first of what happened. Obviously. So obviously the biggest thing that happened was that Arya got her fucking socks off with Gendry. Much to the chagrin of everyone on the internet, which I thought was hilarious because everyone's like, oh, I can't believe Arya had sex. You know what? It's like the night before a big battle. Let her get her mm-hmm. socks off. You know what? 
and she's obviously got the hots for Gendry, and he was obviously yeah, blissfully obviously. unaware as most men are. Oh no, he, he was getting turned on earlier in the episode, and she's throwing knives and. But I feel like, like I feel like when he she actually came to him, he was like, "What?" Like, and she was like clearly coming on to him, and he was just like, oh, 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 "I guess." Like, this but, is happening. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, but I think it goes to show Arya is the real boss in that relationship. She wears the pants in that relationship, obviously. Yeah. So, um, I thought, to take his off. Yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of people complaining about the Ooh. slow pacing of this episode. Uh, I guess I didn't mind it too much. Cause I'm like, we're going to get a pretty much like an 80 minute long battle sequence on the tonight's episode. So I was like, I don't really care too much, but I know mm-hmm. some people got really upset about it. What'd you think? We, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, it probably should for anyone who hasn't seen this or, or whatever. So that, yeah, this episode pretty much is just a like, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of going through everybody and how everyone's handling it. Yeah. I actually liked it. You're right. It's to me, it's a slower episode, but it's needed because it's showing kind of like where everyone's at, like in their headspace and being like, okay, how's everyone taking this? Some people are like, and other people are like drinking themselves. Like I'm going to get drunk before I die. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is too, is like, I think you got a lot of payoffs for a lot of character stuff um before the next episode so obviously the biggest thing was that um for jamie he got accepted into their little circle very begrudgingly i guess but he got accepted and then Mm -hmm. um i like that him and brianne had like a big thing you know where it was like okay you know like those two were they've They've kind of been like obviously you can tell like he has some admiration for her, but he's never one to like explicitly spell that out. But I think in this episode he was very much like, Yeah, no, I really respect you and all this other stuff. So Yeah. And uh, this is gonna sound really lame, but like when I guess like the biggest thing because the, the episode title is what um uh, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, I think yeah. is the name of the episode. And that's what mm-hmm. happens, yeah. Brian gets knighted. Um I got a little misguided at that just because, like, how powerful the scene that was of, like, yeah. You know, especially she's, like, playing it off. She's like, I don't even want it. Like, they didn't do it, so I don't want it. And then he's like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. How, like, she's like, holy shit, like, this is, like, everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. Because he can do it, right? Like, I think that was, he was saying, like, well, I can, like, knight you. Like, yeah. I can do this. Like, we can just yeah. do this right here, right, right now. You know, it's like when you go to the DMV and they're like, we can just give you your driver's license now. Like, we don't have to, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no, it was kind of like that. Not really. But I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, also, I loved how Tormund was, like, such a dirty little perv in this episode. That was. Oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> well, and he, it's funny because you can tell, like, she has no interest in him, but he's, like, he's going to keep trying. Like, yeah, he really likes her. Well, you could tell, like, she was sort of, like, I don't know if she was really, like, into him, but, like... Um, I thought like, you know, she was being a little like, kind of like indulging of him a little bit. Like, yeah, you know what? Mm. Why not? We're going to probably all die. Let's just, you know, give you this. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, funny, mm. especially the stuff with like him being breastfed by a giant. I was just like, what? His old story. And then he pulls out like this giant horn of milk. Yeah. Oh man, um, 
and then obviously the other big thing is you got the big reveal uh to uh, Daenerys about Jon's heritage mm-hmm. which I really thought they were going to sleep on that like I thought that was going to be something where they were going to just take their time but they didn't really they yeah. just jumped right into it so good on them but you're right they, they did it, it's something that like it made me realize that she needs to die Daenerys needs to die mm-hmm. like everyone yeah that's actually one of my predictions yeah well, I mean, because, I mean, you can kind of see it, and they, they hinted at it last episode when, I think it was Sam, you know, he tells John, like, hey, you you know, you gave up your crown, or you gave up, you know, your right to be a king, you know, just, you know, for the betterment of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, would she do the same? And it's kind of obvious that, no, her like, her, like, where her mind is at is, like, not where it needs to be. Like, she's still concerned about, like, the Iron Throne and, like, all this other crap when you literally have, like, an army of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like she, and you know, especially like the scenes with, you know, her and Sansa early on, you know, you get that, that nice scene where they're like, Hey, let's make up, let's be friends, you know, let's talk and, and be all nice to each other. And then Sansa's like, now, like, you know, after all of this, it's like, we're, we're not going to be ruled by you. Yeah. Like what happened? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of showed like, like I said, where, you know, that Daenerys has way too, like two different things on the mind than everybody else. Yeah. So I think like, even when she thought that like she could like, cause I think she's always been like that kind of person that like, she just conquers people. And now that she actually has to play the politics game, she's not that great at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like that kind of goes to show, like, even when she's trying, like she's still not as good as like somebody like a Cersei or something where she's like, She's trying, obviously, but she's not as as good at it as others are. So I thought that was a really great sort of like, she's trying to play the Game of Thrones and she's just not that great at it, which I think is if she she does survive, which I have my doubts, I think she will die in this upcoming episode. um, I think she'll ultimately give it to Jon because he's much better at the Game of Thrones than she is. So She's ever going to willingly give it up. I think she would like, because I think they've talked about like them like co-ruling or something. So I think they would probably do something like this. So, well, the other characters have like all the the older and wiser guys have. They've talked about it, but like she has never like said that that was something she was cool with at all. Yeah, I don't think that she she would voluntarily allow herself to be like cool uh, co-ruled. I mean, unless yeah. they get married, maybe. But even then, I could see it like. Mm-hmm. Just I see her going crazy. You think? Like, I, there's a lot of like things I've read on, online too about like predictions and stuff like that. And some people are predicting she'll actually like leave them in, in the middle of this next battle. Mm. I are we? So we're getting into predictions for the next one. I think it's up to you if you want to do that. Um, what else in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I think we could. Um, yeah, I think. I think the biggest thing for me is that I think the whole battle at Winterfell will be a bit of a red herring. Like they think mm-hmm. that, uh, like the the Night King and all that will come, but we haven't actually seen him. Like in the promos for the next episode, he doesn't show up. So I kind of have to spec. Like, what if he's like? What if it's like a two front? thing where like they're obviously going for a battle there but at the same time too uh maybe there's another battle going on like at 
um, King's Landing or something like that, like somewhere else. So I'm I'm kind of suspecting that something like that may be happening. Because at this point, I would imagine the Night King's got such an army that like he could probably do something like that. Yeah. I, I've heard that before, actually. I've seen that as a... Uh, as well. Like, people saying that, like, oh, yeah, it's like, it might be just, you know, he's going to go around them. Yeah. The Night King, I mean, that would be hilarious if they didn't end up doing that. Mm-hmm. So... I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I have a feeling, though, too, that, like... Because if, if you, I don't know if you noticed, but like when they're doing like, their whole battle plans mm-hmm. and they're talking about like, yeah, we're going to like, well, you know, fight off the army, but he's actually, we, we know that he's going to go after Bronn and, yeah. you know, we're going to, um, never mention that the Night King has a dragon. Oh, Forgot. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, because that's going to be a really rude awakening if everyone forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I also think too, you've got to pay off. A little bit on Cersei's ignorance on the whole thing. Like she seems largely mm-hmm. ignorant, so I think that would play really well into it. But I think at the same yeah. time too, like Cersei probably could like probably defeat like what's what's going down. So I think she could fight off the army of the dead. She has like volunteer soldiers. Like yeah, but I think she's got like that, that green fire thing. So I think she used it all when she killed everybody else. Oh, okay. Uh, Unless she's got more, but I I mean I have a bad feeling that she's. I mean, I guess my prediction with her, though, is, like, I don't think she's going to die by, like, the White Walkers or anything like that. I think either Jamie's going to kill her mm-hmm. wearing Jamie's face. Okay. Well, I, I think, had to guess, but I don't know when that would be. Like, I have a feeling, like, if she fights off the army of the dead, like, she'll, she'll still survive. Like, maybe mm-hmm. there might be, like, a bunch of people dead, but she's not one to care about that. So. Yeah, she would, like, escape or something. Yeah, so I can see that. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. I think aside from that, Daenerys probably dying is a big one. Also, too, like Grey Worm or whatever, he's definitely gonna be dying. I mean, oh yeah, that dude was all yep. like, "Oh, I can't wait for us to move out together and all this." I'm like, oh, dude, you're not fucking making it out alive. May as well said he's two weeks from retirement. Yeah, exactly. Like he he's tried, but uh, yeah, no, I don't think he's making it out alive. So or, like, I just have one less mission, and then we can go and retire. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, you ain't doing none of that. So no, but it's cute of him to try, but no, he's not making mm-hmm. it out of it alive. So yeah. oh, here's one. Do you think Breen's gonna die in the next one? Um. Yeah, I think she could die. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been closure on her story, and anytime you close out someone's story, that's usually not a good sign. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, what do you think? I I have a feeling she probably will. Okay. I'm trying to think who else, like that major or like semi major that might die. I think Jor might die as well. Okay. Yeah. Give him closure as well, as far as like it's like, oh, here, here's like awesome sword, and then he also met up with like his cousin. Cool, yeah. I think, Something like, he's probably not gonna make it, yeah, for sure. Like, I think you're gonna get a lot of, um, I think you're gonna get a lot of people who are definitely trying to, um, sir. I think you're gonna get a lot of people who are like not important characters, uh. Mm die off so 
I think you're going to get a lot of that. Like people who are um, not overly important just dying off Uh. because they haven't really been. Yeah. So Mm. I think Gendry's going to die too. Oh yeah. Um, Especially since he just left with Arya. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he might make it. Um, but that's just me. I feel like he probably, he's probably, you know, um, he's probably in a good place because, yeah, I think he, I think he's going to survive. So, uh-huh. yeah, that's it. I think, unless you have any other predictions. Don't. Okay. Uh, oh, so are we going to do our, uh. What do you call what we're talking about in the the pre-show about whoever predictions are wrong we have to do the uh oh on the next one yeah let's do it yeah all right let's do it because i can't remember okay so so what are i guess uh do you want to just do like one or two general predictions and then for, just for next episode yeah i'm gonna stick with my prediction that daenerys is gonna die and that there's gonna be a two those are my two predictions is that daenerys is gonna die and that huh. um there's going to be a two, a two front war from the okay. of the dead. That's my two All right. Um, I was gonna say uh, mine will be that Gendry dies. Okay. And my second one, hmm. Uh, second one, I guess, will be that the Night King's dragon will like completely just fuck everybody up. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I'm yeah. I was there. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm just kind of like I wonder if like if they would actually be able to take that dragon out because I kind of feel like that would be like a, if if Daenerys survives, I think it would be really like a really big thing to have her like deal with the fact that like her that her like she has to like kill one of her dragons. I think that would be Ooh. really good. Like if. If the the dragon like gets killed, so uh-huh. yeah, that's just my prediction though. Mm-hmm. That's separate from the the two that were were being held to. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if, okay, if the if Daenerys survives, there's definitely uh-huh. going to be something going on with that. So, um, I guess just for our listeners at home, so that they know. Um, so if we get any of our two predictions wrong, then we get burned by a dragon and have to eat hot sauce. Yeah, which I can I can deal with. I can't, but I'm glad you are. Can. You willing to to take that risk? I you know what for the for the Game of Thrones and and yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Because you either play the game of, or the Nerds of Thrones, or you, or you get burned. Yeah. That's actually what something that they said in the show. Like, yeah. you, you have to eat hot sauce now. And John was like, wait, wait, do I really? And it's like... Like, what's hot sauce? And then, but we knew. Yeah. They they tried, but no, it wasn't, wasn't working out. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, cool. I think the next up is to do the spoiler cast for... Avengers Endgame, and I'm trying to figure out time codes for that, but I easily I'm not able to find that out. So I guess we'll just I'll just figure it out later. 
<laughs> put it in the episode. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Full spoilers ahead. So if you if you have not seen the movie, and I mean the movie's closing in on one billion dollars, so something tells me most of you have seen it. But if you have not, you've been warned. Let's talk about. If you haven't got into a fully booked theater, then yeah, spoilers. Yeah. So let's talk about. Yeah, like it. I were able to see it on opening night with like a great spot in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I was it was pretty weird to me because like I was told that there wasn't going to be a press screening, so I went and bought tickets because I'm like, well, obviously I want to see it for not only just for my own personal enjoyment but for the podcast. And then like literally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think on, like, the Tuesday or something, they were like, we're doing a press screening on Wednesday. And I'm like, what the fuck? You guys said you weren't. So I ended up going to a press screening, and I had already bought tickets, so I saw it on Thursday, and then I saw it again Friday, Saturday. So I've seen the movie now, like, four times. And I'm... Jesus. I'm feeling a little burnt out on it by now, but I also feel like I've got a lot to contribute. I would think point. so. I'm ho- Yeah, I think so. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just got an email from Disney saying that Adventures Out Came is the biggest opening weekend of all time. So, uh, good on them. They needed it. Um, a win? <laughs> yeah, Disney needed a real yeah. win to, like, uh, justify all the money they spend on their Artemis Fowl movies or whatever. Them. Yeah. Oh, it's too real. They showed a trailer for Artemis Fowl, and there was, like, one person in the audience that I heard saying, like, well, it looks good. It's like, oh, I think that's indicative of what the box office will be like for that one. But we're going to talk about Artemis Fowl. We're talking about Avengers Endgame. I, I know we're going to talk about Endgame. I do have to ask this. So, like, what trailers did you guys see? Because, like, the theater I went to, they showed, like, five kids' movies and then um, Rise of Skywalker. And I was really confused because, like, but did, did you see bring it? your kids to see this movie? Well, I guess it, things, it depends on, like, what because nowadays theaters will do a um a thing where like they uh will have like the adults only screening like i know in Uh in canada they call it like vip and in that one like i didn't see any i saw it in vip the with with my buddies Uh and in that one it was all like like more adult oriented movies like we saw the godzilla king of monsters trailer we also okay. saw the Gemini Man trailer, stuff like that. They had Rise mm. of Skywalker as well. But then I think when I saw it in a non-VIP one, I think for my third time, that one was more geared more towards uh, like kids and stuff. So I think it depends on okay. like what kind of thing you saw. Yeah, well, I went to a general theater. But it was like at 9.30 at night. Mm. And I was like on a, on a Thursday. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, one, what kids are here? And two, like after seeing endgame i'm like if you're because like, one of the trailers was uh, secret life of pets or whatever and i'm oh, like yeah. if your kids watching that like they shouldn't be watching endgame yeah yeah exactly like yeah let's let's go show you a, a trailer for midsummer that you can take your kids to after oh seeing man um yeah um let's talk about uh what did work for you guys with this movie what did yeah all right what did work um seeing all of our og avengers main six back working together having making plans executing plans it felt right i felt at peace overall by the end of this movie but specifically 
with all the character interactions, it just felt right seeing them all back together again. So character mm. development mm. for the most part was all well done. Mm. I think for me, there's a quite a few of the things that obviously worked. The time travel worked for me. I thought they did a pretty great job of being like, well, we're, this isn't going to like fix everything. Like we have to actually be smart about this. Like this, the whole scene with like uh, Ant-Man, like just thinking that it's basically like back to the future too. And then the Hulk's like, no, it's not like you've got oh, to, like, like all these other yeah. things to think about. It's not mm-hmm. going to fix this. Like I thought that was great. Like they did a great job of doing time travel and trying to do it in a way that was realistic. So uh, um, with, obviously um, with, with the, with the time travel, I was never too confused to the point where I did not know what was going on, mm-hmm. but there were times where I had to mentally kind of collect myself and say like, okay, this is the plan. This is what they're doing. And this is how it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. There, I'll, I'll probably have you guys, someone explain me. Cause like there was some part that I was a little confused on. Okay. And travel thing. Okay. So, um, Loki gets arrested and everything, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna get Scott Lang, uh, Ant Man. He's gonna go. Iron Man can get a heart attack." And you get that awesome scene with Captain in the elevator, um, yeah. you know, all back. Who, who had the uh, the Tesseract at that time? Uh, they make it look like they make it look like Iron Man has it, but we know that. Captain America got it out of the elevator. So I'm like, who like, well, used it as like... He got the scepter out of the elevator. The Tesseract was separate. Okay. So that's what... Okay. Yeah. That's what that was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was confused about because I was kind of like, I thought they both had like the, te- the, the Tesseract. So that's why I was like, wait a minute, who has what right now? And then after that, it kind of made more sense. But okay. Yeah. Cool. Minus the fact that Loki disappeared and... That's kind of a big difference. Yeah, I think that well, was... it's it all. It... Yeah, that's certainly where they kind of deviate a little bit, right? Yeah, but it actually like... it doesn't really matter because as long as that happened in its own timeline, that doesn't affect what happens in the main timeline. So it kind of does, but <laughs> well, no, it's just it's because they start off in one timeline, they go back to another, and mm-hmm. then they go back to their original. They mentioned they go back to another. They went. They went back to their original, like that was in their timeline. Right, but then the ancient but, one explains that it splits off and becomes its own, thus uh, not but, affecting the original. Well, it only does that if they don't bring the stones back, which they do. Mm. Back to the, yeah, see, this is where, like, I don't know how time travel works, <laughs> and at this point, I'm afraid the Russos don't know either. Honestly, this is, this is why, like, it, you're right, on like, they do explain, like, hey, this is where we have to return the stones at the end. So like we can set the timeline right. Yeah. Um, like this is why I'm always leery when people do time travel stuff because there's stuff that's not gonna make a lot of sense. And that's I for all of the, the huge fanboys out there, it's not mm-hmm. saying this is a bad movie. This is a great no. movie. It's yeah. just this is one of those things where you have to turn your brain off. Like Tony Stark figuring out yeah. time travel in his living room. Yeah, like no. I think there are definitely movies out there that like do more hardcore time travel. Like there was one movie, I forget the name of it, but it was like the super intense movie that was like covering time travel. And like, it was a great movie, but it wasn't a fun movie because like the end of the day, if you're trying to make your movie fun, you're going to have to definitely, you know, turn it less into a science fair project and more into like a, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is actually kind of just a fun, enjoyable movie. So yeah. Yeah. The, uh, 
the more I think about it, the more I'm, I'm kind of confused. I'm kind of just letting it slide by me and say, like, oh, they went to the past. Now they're in exactly. the future. Like, that's now what you almost have to do. Like, the fact that Thanos went... I, the... I, dumb it, I dumb it down for myself. <laughs> the idea that Thanos went from I'm the dumb. past to the future? Like, how does that work? Past? Yeah. Thanos in 20... Yeah, sure. Yeah, because sure. Thanos in 2014 went to Thanos in 2025. Yeah, it was and then same with um, what's her face, uh, Carrie Gillian killing herself. Yeah, also grandfather paradox. <laughs> I was a little confused on like how the two nebulas could sync up like that. Like, I know that basically we're like, oh, they're on the same Wi Fi network or whatever, but like that was like <laughs> a little like, um, okay, like that seems like a little too convenient, obviously. Like, I don't know, that that was okay with it. But I was also like, eh, whatever. You're also a movie where, like... This is... We're still on what did work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. I'm I sorry. Should... I did okay, this. All right. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, I'll get us back on track here with what I did think worked. I did like the revisiting the past MCU events. I thought that was well done. Epic. The, yeah. The one part I laughed at the most was, like, Star-Lord dancing and singing. And it just cuts to, like, them watching him. And it's just like... And he's just no like, audio. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And then... Well, like, he's an idiot. Just cold <laughs> yeah. cocks him. Um, yeah, War Machine just cold cocks him and he's out. That's yeah. hilarious. I love that part. Um, no, to, I, uh, I was going to say the... Uh... Oh, sorry. Somebody mm. go ahead. I'll, I'll take it um okay. to go along with that when specifically in the revisiting of the battle of new york mm -hmm. when they introduce older characters from shield like rumlow and pierce and uh and those folks it's it's nice that they remembered that these guys mm -hmm. um we're not we know that they are part of the organization so they would be there so of course they were there and they put them in yeah it makes sense uh, the uh the callback to the elevator scene from uh, Civil oh, War. Oh yeah, that was not Civil War. Uh, uh, I was like, I was so I was waiting for the uh, for the like, if everyone wants to get off, go ahead. But the Hail Hydra thing, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, that was that worked out so well. Um, and I think it was like funny too because it wasn't obviously the exact same circumstance, but it was like, oh huh. okay. And I think if you were not like privy to that, you could have just been like okay like yeah this is just mm -hmm. a really cool scene of them being in an awkward scenario um and um in that uh in that's in that scene as well um it's one of my favorite tropes ever of character fighting themselves oh yeah, yeah. so when, when when cap sees cap and they literally have a have a have a knuckle duster brawl session yeah. lost my mind if they did a wrestling move, I would have creamed my pants. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't go on too long either. Like, obviously, I think. Well, part of the reason I really like this movie too is it was very well paced. Like, for a, a three-hour-long movie, and I know some people have been complaining about it being three hours long. It didn't feel like it was three hours long. It felt like it was actually moving along pretty, pretty decently. Like, uh, and I think like scenes like that work out well, where it's like, yeah, it's two caps meeting up and it works out well but then it just moves on to the next thing because it knows there's a lot more that needs to be covered so i really enjoyed that part of it as well yeah i, I did like the fact that was it the 2012 cap is like i do this all day and he's like yeah yeah whatever like, yeah 
I know. His his own self righteousness comes back to bite him. Like that man, that really is going to say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was fun too because like obviously like that caps a little more like he hasn't seen the world as much, so I thought that worked out really well mm -hmm. for him just being like yeah, yeah, let's just get this over with. Because, like, this other, the the 2018 cap or 2023 cap is, like, he's a little more, like, he's seen some shit. So he's just, like, I don't have time for you right now. Like, let's just move the yeah. fuck on. So, um, yeah. Can we talk about the, uh, the end, or the, the, I was say, the one scene that worked the best for me is the uh, army and caps just standing there by himself. And then, sorry, the left. Yeah, and it's just literally like hundreds of portals opening up, and literally every hero ever pops oh, up. Oh, yeah. That okay. I have a little bit of a complaint about that. It felt a little too Ready Player One ish for me. But I thought the same thing. But it, it, it worked in this instance though, because it's like, yeah. oh, I like I know all these characters rather than Ready Player One, where it's just a bunch of random idiots. Yeah, like that worked for me. Um, but yeah, no. Um... That's a good thing I did not see Ready Player One because I am sure I enjoyed Endgame a lot more. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I that was my only. What was complaint. the um? I was gonna ask what was the biggest audience reaction in the in the theater? What moment? Um, I think the biggest one in my audience was when Cat wheeled in Molinar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It um, was either it was either that one or specifically Black Panther coming back <laughs> for me. <laughs> I didn't like nobody really seemed to care in my audience. Like I've seen it four times, nobody was like, "Oh, cool, he's back." Mm -hmm. I, and it's... he just says like Wombe or whatever, and I'm like, "Okay, like you you're back from the dead, and that's all you really have to say." So. Yeah. It's chant. He's um, got a. <laughs> yeah. I I heard a lot of people were had audience reactions for when Captain Marvel rescues uh, Tony and Nebula in space. No one said anything in my theater. Oh. No, it was not a peep. But it, I mean, it was cool. Just no one, no one got hyped. I guess. Yeah. Like I think it's weird you guys saying that because like nobody like almost nobody said anything in my theater except for like three people tried to clap when they had the Stan Lee cameo. Oh, okay. I think they were trying to do like a slow clap and it didn't work. Yeah, a slow clap. Or like they're like clap, 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 and then like I heard someone was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like jeez. So I don't know. Like I think people were just trying to get it little more excited but no it's just like no 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 it wasn't wasn't that great so um yeah uh, turn i i also had like i think there was a few surprises as well i think we covered a lot of them in that final battle that that's really what worked for me there was a lot that worked i think the let's talk about what didn't work for me it was probably cap the biggest thing was captain marvel uh considering that she's had a movie earlier this year she is fucking useless in, th in this movie and it almost felt it felt a little too jarring that they sidelined her only to bring her in at the end of the movie. Like that felt a little too weird. Yeah. Did you guys notice that the, at all? The uh, there was a very explicit line that she gave that I felt was so like just written in was I won't I'll, I'll be gone for five years. You won't see me around. Yeah. 
like, okay, well, I guess he's done. Yeah, for the movie. like, I like, I guess. And I honestly forgot about her until she popped in at the end. I'm like, oh, sweet, Captain Marvel's here. I, this is gonna sound insane. I I thought that it was the best way to handle her. Like you're, I think you're right. It's like uh, it's kind of an awkward way to do it, but I think that's the best way to do it because otherwise it would have been like, we have this OP character and there's like not a whole lot. I mean, the movie would have been over very quickly. Yeah, yeah. That you reminds know. me of uh, of what Okoye said in Infinity War about Scarlet Witch. Why was she there all this time? Yeah, yeah. And like I don't know. I I think what would have worked a lot better is if Captain Marvel was like. Hey, I want to go with you in time travel, and then like someone like Rhodey is like, but you weren't there then, so you would be possibly mm-hmm. fucking up with the timeline. Like they could have easily explained it, but instead they just have her disappear for that time. Like I felt like there would have been a better way to handle it, and I felt like they uh. just went for convenience sake, and that felt that bothered me a little bit, but not enough so that I was like ruined by it or anything. If she yeah. had to take a five year break to get that sweet haircut then I'm all for it. She was actually at the salon the whole time. It took five for that <laughs> to happen. Yeah. For the um, haircut to form. It, so there's a spectrum of, 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 of haircuts where Captain Marvel's on one end and Hawkeye's on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For haircuts. Uh, so. I, I gotta say, though, the, the fight scene with her and Thanos, though, I, I couldn't stop laughing at, like... Because when he was like trying to headbutt her and she's like, at oh, whatever. And then he just pulls out the power stone and punches her in the face. Yeah. Like, you're well, powerful, awesome. but. That was great. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a good. I mean, like, what was it? The um, modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah, I guess so. I kept thinking of that. I thought it was funny, too, how they were like, before, in the, uh, before this movie, like, Marvel was saying how, like, oh, we're going to find a way to uh, weaken Captain Marvel. Like, she won't be as powerful in this movie as you're expecting. I didn't realize that was literally going to be that they just sidelined her for, like, 80% of the movie. <laughs> uh, um, that's true. Yeah. Um, and not to sound like a, like a sexist asshole, um, the scene of all the, like, when she gets the glove, Iron Man infinity gauntlet glove or whatever yeah and it has all the female characters like meet up on her mm-hmm. it's got to be the biggest pandering like scene well they, of did, all it the was, they did it in infinity war so yeah, but that I'm was like to... to me that felt more organic like it was just yeah. like hey we have this big battle and we happen to all meet up and they're like oh cool we can like fight with each other but this one was literally yeah. like the most powerful character in the mcu and she's like i need to go get from point a to point b and then all the female characters are, are like, like Wolf they, Fighter, they make, like with. They make a point to reference a lot of moments from Infinity War and kind of reflect that. So no, it, that was just one that they chose to 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 kind of redo, I guess. And but it just didn't work for I me at all. Listen, I I love my my female role models. Yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to be like a sexist asshole. It's just <laughs> like it just it seemed like. The obvious pandering. Mm-hmm. Call it out. You gotta shut down the libs. Am I right, Lee? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get a whole bunch of alt right people to <laughs> to subscribe now. Three Angry Nerds, the number one uh, movie alt right podcast. <laughs> oh Jesus oh, Christ! Shit. We're in trouble now. Yeah, we're gonna get invited <laughs> to the White House by Trump, and he's gonna be like, oh, "You really like what you guys?" We're gonna are get about. invited to the annual cross burning. I mean. <laughs> That's problematic on a lot of levels. 
Uh, going back to things that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce Hulk. Hey. No, Professor Hulk was cool. Oh he my dabbed, god! I think. It just... He dabbed. Okay. Like originally, I thought it was funny. Like it's at Thor. Yeah. For the first like ten minutes, and then after that, I'm like, okay, we need to like knock this off. Yeah, I, I have I have more of a problem with Fat Thor than Professor Hulk. I like Professor Hulk, but Fat Fat Thor just didn't do it for me. Uh, after the yeah, you mentioned the ten minute mark. Because hmm. people were still laughing at Fat Thor at the end of the movie. I'm like, yeah, I guess he's fat. Haha. Yeah. I, think... I got a, I got a little chub. Are you guys laughing at me? Is that am I funny now? I think part of what bothered me about the Fat Thor was that it was a gag at first, but I think it was largely tied to his arc, and it never really felt resolved. Like, it felt like they they should have had some kind of resolution to that, but instead he's just Fat mm. Thor throughout the movie, and it continues to be a gag up until the end, where there should have been some sort of payoff for that. Like, okay, we defeated Thanos, blah, 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 and maybe now he's going to be like... Oh, I'm gonna use this Bowflex or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, they could have done something, but instead they're just like, "Oh, he's fat now." Like, yeah. And I think, well, it depends on what happens with him. Like, I wonder if in the next movie they'll just show him and he's like all of a sudden buff again or whatever. But like, um, I that was sort of my main complaint about it is if you're gonna do something like that, you need to have some sort of resolution to it. It can't just be a can, perpetual gag that goes on without any sort of resolution. Mm. So yeah yeah and i would have been with like after he met up with his mom and his mom's like yeah you gotta you know like give him give him his, his pep spot you know his pep puck or whatever it is yeah yeah like if he had gotten like i don't say like lost in time but kind of like oh shit like my thing's not working i gotta like wait to fix it or something like that and in that time yeah. he like ruined off himself yeah like, that working out but yeah fact that i fully expected when they went back in time somebody was gonna get lost Mm. dinosaur time yeah I think um, I think I've just sort of thought like there would have been a better way to handle all this and mm. yeah I just I thought that there was just nothing that they it just was just weird in general but like I guess it didn't really bother me too much it was just sort of like yeah uh, These are like nitpicks almost. Yeah, like no, I also there's a there's a whole lot more right than than wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I complain a yeah. little bit about like the nebula, like them being on the same Wi-Fi network or whatever. But like, uh, you had to have some sort of conflict, so that makes sense. Mm. But it did something f- had to go wrong. Yeah. yeah it, oh, it, it felt a little. Oh, convenient. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it just but, felt at a the same. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm just like so excited to talk about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, the thing that I think it's weird because it doesn't really work. Right. It, it feels off, like them being on the yeah. or convenient, them being on the same Wi-Fi network. But it leads into, like, Thanos. I I, I loved that uh, past Thanos, like, sees the mistakes that Hit Yourself had made and is like, you know, instead of killing half the universe, fuck it, I'm going to kill everyone. That I like cool. that. I, I like that he's like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, we're just, you know... It's like I'm just gonna bathe in everyone's blood, pretty much. Yeah. So I I like that. I like that it, it led to an actual char- like change in character. So he's not like determined to do the same uh, thing. It's just I'm gonna do something different this time. And he didn't even give a shit that he died. 
Yeah, he's just kind of like that was that was weak me. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna not be weak <laughs> yeah. this time. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanos in general was just a lot more. It was a lot scarier and a lot, uh, just more villainous. It was awesome. Well, I think because he knew that his initial plan didn't work, so now he was like, "Well, no, I have to like kill all of you now." Like, mm-hmm. I thought that worked out so well because it's like, yeah, he tried and he honestly sort of failed like so i could see how yeah he he's gonna try again nobly this time he's gonna be much more resolute this time so i, I like mm-hmm. that part of it so yeah you're right and, and you're ready right, like in this movie he's a, i mean pretty badass in infinity war but like yeah as he is in this one it's like he's just gonna sit there like after he bombs the base and just wait for him it's like come on out <laughs> yeah Well, um, I kind of put it in like a plot summary, but I think we've actually summarized the plot like quite a bit. I guess like right. there's a few things. So I what, what, what didn't we go over then? Uh, Thanos dies in 20 minutes. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, I, I fucking I was mouth mouth agape. I yeah, was very freaked out. How did they do that already? Now I have no clue what's going to happen in this movie. Yeah. Why did you do that? I went for the head this time. Yeah. I I liked it though I, because yeah, I, it's kind of a cheesy line, but I, I I liked it. I I thought it worked too in that like Thor obviously felt like so shitty for what happened, so you knew he was going to try again this time. So, um, no, I thought that worked out so well. Um, yeah. No, I, I really liked it. Um, uh, time heist planning and like how that all went. I guess obviously now we we know that there's a Black Widow movie coming, but I guess now this all confirms there's no way that's a sequel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also now wondering like what's going to be the point of that movie? Because I'm oh, not. It has to be a prequel. We know that. But even if it's a prequel, unless like... there's. Like time shenanigans, and they get a past Black Widow back. Yeah, they could. Which I, I'm, I'm not sure why they don't just do that or get a past Tony back because they got a past Gamora back. So, I mean, I don't know why yeah. they just don't do that. No, it just but, it. There was there was some stuff about this that felt very just kind of cheesy to me. So, I mean, um, the whole the whole concept of fighting over who gets to kill each other is great yeah and i felt like maybe i i felt like it was a pretty almost fitting end for for black widow because she's done so much and then she has to give her life one last time mm-hmm. and hawkeye has been trying to end it ever since his family got dusted so it's even worse for him yeah so i felt that it worked out yeah I did think that's kind of weird, though. Him, like, him wanting to die, even though, like, succeeded, they would have brought everybody back. Like, yeah. I, I always thought that was kind of a weird motivation for him. Yeah, because it's like, I get it. Like, you've got a lot, like, you've got a lot of, like, on your mind, but, like, you're kind of part of the reason why everyone's motivated to do this. Like, it's, it was just, yeah, it was kind of dumb. But, like, I think it was partially, if I can probably. I th- and I hate doing this. I hate kind of like trying to like fill in the blanks of the writers, but I think part of what they were trying to do was be like, 
Black Widow is so meaningful to him that he could not imagine a life without her, like, as a friend. Mm. So maybe he was just like, well, I'd rather die than live a life where you're not in it. But I, I don't think that was spelled out. So if that was the case, then, yeah, it could have been done better. But uh, you're, you're right, though. I, I like they're fighting over each other, like, because they, they care about each other so much. They, they want to be the one that dies. Yeah, uh, that's 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 cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, something I I did not see coming out of the time house was going back to the seventies. Mm-hmm. I yeah. really like that. That might have been my 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 favorite of the time heist. Yeah. Um, and seeing, um, you know Tony's dad and um Hank Pym when they were younger and still doing their stuff i did not expect that yeah yeah and it was it was it was a cool way to include them since there was no real way to get them in the main story they had to like yeah figure out a new place to get pin particles and they're like oh let's just go there and they happen to be there i love too like their like whole thing of them talking about it and ant-man just being like what the fuck are you talking about like and then it's just get lost dan (laughs) yeah like i thought that was actually pretty well done in just terms of like um like them like kind of referring to it and like they both obviously know but like ant-man and you the odds the audience are like what the fuck are they talking about and then eventually they get around to actually doing it and i thought that was great and it's funny because the stanley cameo it didn't really like get that response that i was expecting like i thought people would like lose their shits and instead people were just like it was a it was a five second cameo stanley driving by it was one shot it's all it needed to be there he was yeah i'm okay with it i'm probably gonna get a lot of hate i was not a fan of it mm. that camp why is that you know specifically i just it didn't work for me like him like driving by being like make love not war i don't know it felt like just off yeah again these libtards trying to <laughs> tell you man no, no, it's just... but I, I i thought it was all right yeah it's just i i would have I, I I don't know what I was expecting, what I would have done differently, but like, yeah, I don't know. I probably would I probably would have made it more painful, maybe. You would have made war, not love. You're selling. What he's trying I mean, to say what, is, who does that? What he what Lee's trying to say is, you know, when the portals are opening up at the end of the movie, he was really hoping Stanley was going to just walk out of one of them and just be like, "Where are we? <laughs> Why is this such a mess?" <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have done those drugs. Oh, and then one of like him. Then one of the black horrors just comes in and kills him. And that's the end of it. Oof. He actually goes super sane and then murders everybody. <laughs> nice. He snaps his fingers. Yeah. He snaps his fingers. Without a glove. <laughs> and everyone just dies. Yeah. Uh, and then like one of the black horrors just comes in and kills him. And, that was, and then that's the motivating factor. Everyone's like, no, Stan Lee's dead. So. Uh. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I. Uh... I was gonna say, or when Iron Man dies, he goes to heaven, and that's Stanley. Oh God, that's terrifying. God, Stanley's God. That's that's so terrible, and yet so lovely at the same time. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Uh, no, it's perfect. Mm. Um. Okay, cool. So, uh, what else? I did. There was like a few little things in that final battle. Like, they definitely were setting up that old woman's Avenger A-Force thing that was, like... Cool. That, that felt a little awkward, a little, like, shoehorned in, but 
I mean, it's probably not for me, if we're being honest. Like, it's probably more <laughs> for, like, girls in the audience who were like, oh, yeah. I mean, just, just the fact that they did it in the first one, I feel like they had to, it, it fits that they did it in the second one. Yeah. Um, also, at the funeral for Tony Stark, which, by uh, the way, I love his sacrifice, you know, I thought that was well done. With like him basically snatching the stones away from I, Thanos. Was a, I was a bit curious on why Captain Marvel didn't do the snap, being so much more powerful. Eh. Well, um, she wasn't part of the plan though. Either. Like if, right, but I, I feel like if I like if I watch it again, I'll I'll see that like Captain Marvel was nowhere near, you know, the fight. And well, I, again, she didn't even know the plan. I think what you're discounting here, Ethan, is that clearly in the movie dr strange has this one plan and it's only going to go that one way so <laughs> they can write out any inconsistencies in the plot by just saying well it wasn't part of dr strange's plan so uh yeah that's right i did like it too also that was a that was a cool moment him holding up the one yeah oh yeah letting him know like don't fuck this, this up you gotta do this man like um but i did like that i am iron man moment that was a great callback mm. and yeah it was classic classic people, people were crying in the theater not me because i'm just in a an emotional mute but uh everyone else was. <laughs> no i was I, part of me was like the cynical side of me is like oh i wonder who's gonna lead the iron man franchise now they're just gonna bring in well funny enough i was thinking like i'm like well maybe they'll bring ty sipkins back and then he shows up in the funeral scene and i think a lot of people were confused on who that teenager was and it was like it was yeah. <laughs> speaking of, of of forgetting things i love how they had to how when they went back in time to thor the dark world that was mm -hmm. new footage for everyone because no one saw thor the dark world <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you think like marvel was even like wait did we actually make that movie like is that actually a thing because it's good for something for endgame I'm so glad I just imagine like the creators of, of this. They're like, "Hey, we found all this footage over here. We don't know what movie this is from." Is this a really long deleted scene from Thor One? What happens? Yeah, no, they they were really trying their damnness to uh, connect all the movies, and that was probably a little off-putting for me, but it wasn't too bad. Like I, I felt mm. like there was a few points where I'm like. Man, could you imagine being, like, the one unfortunate soul who's, like, missed, like, maybe four or five Marvel movies and you have no fucking idea about what's going on? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, uh, at, the, um, at the funeral, there were a couple cool things, like passing on the torch to yeah. Sam. That was cool um old man yeah. cap which was was satisfying as well but it also means mm -hmm. he's not dead you know no, he's, like, he's not dead he's he's pretty much in the retired phase i would say yeah it's fine i am okay with that yeah because i was kind of thinking i'm like oh you could totally do it where like he's maybe like a shield higher up now or something like that. right and it makes it a lot easier to say oh yeah cap just died off screen yeah here's his grave it makes yeah. it a little easier to mm -hmm. to kind of just do that mm -hmm. yeah you could so i i didn't mind uh that i think for me my biggest prediction going into this movie was that 
Thor was going to join the Guardians. And I got nothing about that. And then at the end, when, like, she's like, oh, Thor, we got to lead our people. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. I was like, oh, fuck, he better join the fucking Guardians. I was on the edge of my seat. And then when he's like, I think <laughs> I'm going to go with them. I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be so cool. But I'm just imagining James Gunn is just, like, frantically now, like, fuck, I guess I got to write Thor into my Guardians 3 script. Again, it's probably going to plan much more than that. But I'm just imagining now he's like, fuck, now I got to write Thor in and all this. So, mm-hmm. I gotta, or I gotta write Thor out of it. <laughs> I, I really hope it's like not. time to piss off all the fans and get Thor killed. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think by and large this movie, I'm gonna give it a perfect score. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten Uncle Joey's. I thought it was. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Even if there was an issue with it, like I, it didn't really impact it too much. So. Yeah, it's up I there mean, with... I'm, uh, listen, I'm I'm writing the high of Endgame, so yeah, 10 out of 10. Why not? In a year, we'll see where I am. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's going to make me the silly. asshole. Lee's going to be it. the cynical old man out of all of us. I'm going to be the cynical old man. Uh, no, it was. I thought it was really great, honestly, but uh, I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'll say... An, I'm, I'm going to use the old Uncle Joey scale. 950 out of 1,000 Uncle Joey's. Okay, that's yeah. a, pretty good. That's a good yeah. um, Perfect. The only thing that would have made it perfect uh, for me I'm, is I'm, if... I'm, again, uh, I'm only giving Iron... it a 10 because I'm riding the high. Yeah. Well, if Iron Man had told Peter Parker that with great power comes great responsibility, I would have probably, like, just my pants <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> Wait. Oh, I, I said I would give it a perfect score if I cried, and I didn't cry. Yeah, I'll go with the next oh. But see, here's the thing. I'm I'm beyond the point of being like emotionally like impacted by these movies. Like I remember when like Infinity War happened and there was all they were all being dusted and like everyone's like what's happening to Black Panther? And I'm like, fucker, he's coming back. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> the, listen, the future is now, old man. So <laughs> you gotta give <laughs> give the future to us zoomers, okay? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. All right. So, yeah. That was a good thing. There was. Endgame. It happens. And now we've got... You know what? I'm going to say I'm excited for the future of the Marvel Universe. They could end it right now, and I'd be fine. They really could. They they? obviously won't. It's true. So, um, I think for me, what's the biggest exciting factor is now you're five years into the future and i think that raises a lot of interesting possibilities for the future of this of this cinematic universe because mm-hmm. you know for instance like with spider-man like what if some of his like colleagues are now all of a sudden like college juniors or seniors or whatever right like that like that raises some interesting things um yeah. well we, we don't know which ones were no. five years old now so well, it, i think it's it, safe it to say like if you're looking at the trailer for far from home like ned obviously was probably okay. dusted and brought back the same probably same with mj right. yeah um, so anybody not there they oh what if oh here's a twist that could be fun what if uh mysterio is someone we already know but just aged up yeah Ooh, that'd be interesting Ooh. yeah like that's the kind of the, the me... shit that i'm excited for or like yeah. Dormammu was obviously at bay because Doctor Strange was 
keeping things in check, but he was gone for five years. Like, what if Dormammu's been making some moves, you know? Oh, but thank God Wong was there protecting the Sanctum Sanctorum. But mm -hmm. you can't even buy a sandwich. I don't trust that he's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't necessarily trust that he's gonna be able to do that, so... Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I look forward to the future. That's all I got. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. that's that's it. It's a good way to end on this, but um, I think there's well, there was a few questions through email. The biggest one that we got like around four to five emails on is how is Cap worthy to wield Molinar if he wasn't in Age of Ultron, and. I took this as, like, I think Civil War is more important in that regard because in Civil War, he finally shares the information that he learned that uh, Bucky killed Tony's parents. Mm -hmm. And I think when he shared that information and got that, like, off his chest and was honest about it, like, that made him worthy. So Yeah. I took well, that. I could do that. I, could I took that to be, like, that's why he's now worthy because he was finally able to drop that uh that burden from his chest or whatever um mm -hmm. and then the other emails from ryan ryan says nerds now the end game has put a bow on 11 years of marvel films how would you rank the infinity saga <sighs> all I the mean, films compared to what like each individual one each I've, 20 I, 22 movies i think he is but maybe we could just do oh, top Christ. 10 i feel like top 10 is like good enough of the Marvel movies? Yeah. Like, do I do you really care where I put Thor 1 or Thor the Dark World? Like, let's be honest. It's in the bottom of the septic pile. Nobody cares about those movies. <laughs> I'll I'll go first. I'm going to say, and I know people are going to get mad because, like, in my top... I'm going to just say Winter Soldier is my number 11 just because I know people are going to get a little pissy about that. So number 10 for me is Original Avengers, oh, Original Avengers, OG Avengers. Number 9 is Ant-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming is number 8. 7 is Ragnarok. 6 is Guardians of the Galaxy. 5 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. 4 is Infinity War. 3 is Iron Man 3. 2 is Guardians 2. And then number 1 is Endgame. Right now. I feel like Guardians 2 might... I have to rewatch it and see how it compares. But I Guardians 2 was my number 1 Marvel movie for the longest time. Hmm. What about you, Lee? Oh man, this is gonna be tough because I've never yeah. actually ranked all this mine is, before. This, this is hard, yeah. This. Um, I'm not gonna do an order then. I'll just do, I guess, random movies because I haven't ordered mine yet. But mm. Avengers, first Avengers is definitely on there. Uh, first Iron Man, Ragnarok, uh, Endgame of all the movies too so i can actually have a thing to like really difficult sorry mm. is definitely on there okay sorry i'm like looking through all these right now i'll put black panther i think you're cutting out yeah, well, I was not talking. So oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still trying to look because Spider Man, I got like two more, I think. 
15 too. That's the problem. Ooh, that's uh, hot. Yeah. I just I just had no desire to actually see most I of them. I have yet to see the Dark World and Captain Marvel, but I did read all the Captain Marvel synopsis, so I wouldn't be lost. Thank God it, I didn't need to. Yeah. I'm going to keep it at eight because I can't think of any others that, like, ever, all the other ones kind of, like, blend together for me. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm, so I'm gonna, those are my, my top ones so far. Yeah. I'm going to go with a general 10 because, again, I haven't ranked them because... They all mean so much to me. How could I ever rank my my children? <laughs> uh, so, for ten, I'll tell you, I got Endgame in there. I got Infinity War in there. I got Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Homecoming, Civil War. Um, I think let's go Ant Man, Winter Soldier. First Avenger, and I think I'm at like nine or ten. Iron Man, yeah, okay. and Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Just that's not ten. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's still still fair. Yeah. Okay. Um. It yeah. wouldn't be fair if I just said Thor: The Dark World, ten times, right? No, I don't. <laughs> I think you would no. be a crazy person if you did that too. Uh man, I, I still remember like the people that were on this podcast before really loved Thor: The Dark World, and then like that was the most painful thing was having to like sit through that and be like, uh, they were like, we this is probably the best movie in the MCU. I'm like, oh man, you really just uh, hot takes. Oh, anyways, that's it. Uh, if you have questions about Endgame or anything in general, maybe you want to know what our favorite burrito is. I don't know. That's just a dumb thing to ask us. Why would you ask us that? No, I'm just kidding. You can ask us Please that. let us know. Yeah. But, yeah. Ask us <laughs> what our favorite burrito is. I don't know. You can ask us whatever you want. Oh, my really. God. Mailbag at threeingrenders.com. Um, and then, yeah, our movie commentary, which we're literally recording after this, is Avengers Infinity War, the hottest MCU movie that's not Endgame right now. Just kidding. I don't know, I don't know what the stats. Battle of the Ten Pole. It's gonna be really weird watching that movie, having seen Endgame and being like, "Oh, this is this is what it's all leading up to. This is the tease before the payoff." But we'll see. Mm. Uh, and then check us out on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I will not say MySpace because there was actually somebody who was like. I can't find your MySpace page. And then I'm like, oh, that was a joke, dude. MySpace isn't a thing anymore. Um, and then check out the other podcasts on the Three Angry Nerds Network. We got Three Angry Gamers, Tremble, the horror movie podcast, which Avalon was recently on. We talked about The Neon Demon, great movie. Uh, Nerds in Love, the Teen Advice Show with Steph and I. Spoiler cast. Uh, I think we're doing some, there's some plans for spoiler cast for something with that game. And then mm-hmm. uh, Culture Court. We may, we may do one. We may never do one. Hard <laughs> to tell. <laughs> all right. All right, everyone. That's it. We'll see you all next time. Bye for now.